And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson on the New Age Insiders Network. Hello out there, boys and girls. It is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Doc, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well, though I gotta say, I was just looking at you as you were doing that introduction, and I think you almost didn't introduce me. I think you're getting too used to doing your solo shows. Alright, let's talk about that, since we all know our fans love Inside Baseball, where we talk about the show. Uh, are, are you honestly distraught that I happened to do two episodes of Buy the Book? I'm just trying to grow the brand, the DDT yeah. Wrestling brand. I'm just worried that you might be killing the brand, because all I'm seeing is that Buy the Book, episode two, is our lowest listened podcast ever on our feed. Is that really true? I don't know. I haven't looked at all the episodes. <laughs> I just said it to mess with you. I was going to say, you It's the lowest out of the last ten episodes. Okay. But I don't know about before that. Well, and people can... If people don't like it, I don't have to do it. But... No, no, no. I think you do have to do it. And let's talk of the other thing. Where are the Manson Family Podcasts? Well, we never said that was going to be a regular thing. Well, it's it's very irregular. It's only happened once. It's got to happen... Twice just for it to be irregular. You moved into your house. You probably got nothing else going on. Do you oh, really yeah. have? No. Do you do you really have to mow the lawn every four days? Yeah. Okay. Explain well, this no, to I, me. Well. Okay. And well, don't just say grass grows. I know that it does. Grass does grow. Um, okay. Honestly, you could probably push it off to five days. Or six days, depending on if it's a slow week. But if it's a week where the grass has really grown, we've gotten some good rain, I've been watering, that sort of thing. Uh, every four days is about what you... Okay, DC, I don't know if you know this, but you should never cut a lawn and remove more than a third of the length of the grass. Okay, it's unhealthy for the grass if you cut more than that off at one time. Now, so, do you Now, do you know this because... You've been involved in botany courses over the last year, or do you know this for some other reason? I know this because my father loves his lawn, and I had to take care of his lawn growing up, and now for some reason I want to take care of my lawn. But that said, it really is unhealthy. Like, you're going to be, I can tell, I can tell by looking in your eyes, you're going to be one of those people who you've got to have a house, you're going to have a lawn, and you're just going to let it grow up to your knees, and you're going to go out there and say, huh, guess it's time to mow the lawn. And then you're going to get out there and you're going to be complaining that your tractor or your lawnmower is just, you know, grinding to a halt. Oh, why is my lousy lawnmower just stalling out as I'm out here cutting my... Because you're trying to cut way too much grass on a single pass. That you're, you're just, you're just making a headache for yourself. Okay. I was just going to go out with scissors and try to cut it manually, but you recommend a tractor or a lawnmower or something? Yeah, I, I mean, I have a push lawnmower right now. It's not even self-propelled, and, you know, it's probably almost, it's less than, but it's somewhere around three-quarters of an acre. It takes way too long to do that. I, and that's the other thing, is I'm too out of shape, it turns out, to do the entire lawn in one go. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've now started... Um, 
staggering my schedule. Staggering is the word I was looking for. Uh, I do the front and the side, and then the next day I do the back. And and do you listen to anything while you are mowing, or is it just peaceful time for Doc Manson to be alone with his thoughts? Uh, no, I listen to podcasts. D- are you going to be listening to the podcasts on the NAI network, which we are a proud member? And according to the New Age Insiders, we are the flagship podcast of the NAI network. I would like to point out that on their coming out show for this network, I heard a lot of praise being thrown towards DDT Wrestling and DC, whom they have been working with for a very long time, who they highly recommend. Uh, I heard very little about Doc outside of, oh yeah, I guess Doc is there too. They play off each other well. They, they praised the fact that you were listening live. Mm. They were effusive in that. But praise. they weren't very effusive of their praise in regards to my role on this podcast. Yeah. I demand more praise. <laughs> I will let them know. Hopefully when they listen to this show, cause we will be, we are the Saturday they show. To this show? I would hope so. Now that they've praised the network so much, they better. Mm. You know, th- I think this Jason NAI network. Used to listen. I think uh, Jason case. does, and I believe Bill does, because he has asked me some questions about our audio. He was surprised to learn we do not use a mixer. Oh, well, we're not in the same location, mm. so. Well, that's also true. Uh, but did you listen to Rant with Ant? Came out today on Thursday. Well, I haven't mowed my lawn yet. Good this answer. Week, so Good answer. I have not yet had a chance. I had a busy day today, as okay. you know. I, we I don't were, know how much t- the neighborhood knows. We are going to talk about that. I think the neighborhood's aware because Mrs. Manson has t- tweeted about it about fifteen times. Okay, but um, I you know we're welcome to rant with Aunt and. Matt McCool and The Pipe Bomb. I haven't yet to listen to that show. That show comes out tomorrow. Uh, Rant with Ant I listened to this morning. It was excellent, I have to say. It was quite a good show. Some interesting things. Y'all right over there? My recording looks odd. I'm just going to turn off the fan. Go ahead. Okay. It's not that hot. I, I will continue to vamp about the NAI network. Uh, we are, like I said, we are proud to be a part, uh, proud to be part of the New Age Insiders. And as they grow and we begin to take over the Potiverse and the world in general, um, I know that Doc Manson later tonight will be listening to some late night Liam. I just know that. What time is that going on? I, I believe it will be at 10.30 p.m., but it'll. I think it's going to be something also on the NAI network. There are going to be podcasts aplenty on the NAI network. You have to find it. It's now its own feed. So if you've subscribed to New Age Insiders, and hopefully you've subscribed to DDT Wrestling, uh, you need to go out there and find the NAI network. Subscribe to that as well, and you will have uh, your cup will overflow with the number of wrestling podcasts that you will have. So so we're very happy to be part of the NAI network, as I've continued to say over and over again. Uh, and I'm sure if you wanted, and that's where we were going with this, the Manson Family Podcast could be part of the NAI network. The NAI network does not have right now a female voice. It has Lee Morgan at the Queen Heel, but she's not on all the time. Mrs. What is she on? She's done stuff with uh, NAI before. Oh, well, what about um, this this McCool fellow? Matt uh, McCool. Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool, right? No, that's The Undertaker's wife. Oh. This is, Who is this again? This is Matt McCool. 
Matthew McCool. I'm very exci- Matthew McCoolio. I'm very Coolio. excited to listen to his podcast uh, tomorrow. That'll be the first time I listen to that one. I think you will enjoy Rant with Ant. Having heard it, he's he's got some things that you're going to agree with. So okay, but the thing with Mr. Coolio is. I thought I had seen that he was going to have a female guest on as well. He might. Somewhat I, regularly. I, I um, Someone from our Twitter feed. I can't remember who, though. Is man. it Liz? I I, perhaps. Is it Lost in Stereo Liz? Yeah, it might, might, it might be, be. That might be the case. But either way, there's there's a, a plethora, a myriad, a cornucopia, if you will, of of wrestling pods for you to listen to well, as you mow your I lawn. I am very I am very glad to be welcoming these other shows to the NAI network. Hopefully we make good bosom buddies mm-hmm. and they feel welcome and at home. Well, someone Danielle Although I I will say though, I'm not sure whether I want the Manson Family podcast to be a part of the NAI network. I mean, there's got to be exclusive shows on the DDT feed, right? We want people still to subscribe. That's true. To DDT wrestling. That's true. You make a valid point. Uh, Danielle Sullivan has already at, wondered whether or not, when we're going to do a mega podcast where the NAI guys and Brant with Ant and Matt McCool, when, if we just do a giant show. Now, we enjoyed doing the five-person show uh, before WrestleMania. I, I'm not... That was wonderful. I'm not sure... That was a good time. I'm not sure... I, I'm sure it would be the same, but adding an extra three or four people, that's a lot of people to talk... To try to orchestrate who's going to talk. We're going to need some sort of stoplight I mean, system. I also don't know necessarily if everybody's equipped for that sort of long distance True. Um, True. conversation. But, you, you know, if they are, that'd be great. Um, I'd like to gloat a bit, if you don't mind. Um, last week, if you remember, we began doing a draft talking about the brand extension. Yeah, no, you do no, remember. Doesn't, you do. Doesn't ring a bell. You do remember. And the reason mm, you're saying you don't no. remember is because I put a nope. poll out there that yeah, I asked. I don't recall anything about this draft. And I asked which of us had the best one. You drafted. I have it written down right here. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Rusev with Lana, Enzo and Cass, and Sasha Banks. I drafted Seth mm. Rollins, The Miz, Cesaro, Dean Ambrose, and New Day. And while only- I'm gonna have to stop you right there, DC. None of this sounds familiar. Okay. Well, it happened. I was there, and uh, we put a poll out there. And 45 votes later, mm. uh, I won 58 percent to 42 percent because 49 percent would be over 100. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. You know, I don't think it could go wrong, and I think it's hard to draft. It's hard to gauge a draft after the first five picks. Well, you know, I think I'd like to um, just point, if this did, in fact, occur, although, again, I don't recall it, so Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, if this did occur, uh, I would just like to point out that your science is flawed. Um, I think that by only putting this poll out onto your Twitter feed, your followers, I think that those people were probably more biased towards voting for your picks regardless uh, so I, I really think that this study could have been double-blinded in better ways. And quite honestly, uh, I, I find your conclusions and results to be uh, invalid at best. Have I ever done anything scientific that you've agreed with? Well, Include, I mean... Including getting a C in Biology 102. <laughs> I've seen you cook, and I guess uh, some of that turned out. That's right. true. That's true. I, I am not bad in the kitchen. All right. Um, speaking of kitchens, 
and this is a segue. No, wait, going back, going back okay. to this for a second. I just want to say that everybody who voted for you is wrong. Okay. Come on, look at this for a second. If you honestly had to take Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens wins. Did you watch WWE 24? Redesign, no. rebuild, reclaim? Why would I? I have absolutely no interest in Seth Rollins. Ooh, His performance okay. on Monday Night Raw this week was abysmal. It was the worst thing I think I've ever seen. And he, frankly, I don't know if anybody remembers this. When he was a heel working with the authority, that was not good television. We even talked about on this show about how Seth Rollins was incapable of carrying that show. And they were desperately trying to get him to carry Monday Night Raw. They would have four or five segments of him a night. And we were bored to tears of it. Everybody has rose-tinted glasses because he got injured and he's back now. But he has only one mode, this smarmy, I have a better word for it, but I can't say it on a show that's rated for anybody other than adults. But he's just this smarmy, grinning heel. And apparently that's the only mode that he's capable of doing because they didn't let him come back and do anything else. And it's played out. And it's not especially interesting. I'm sorry. It's just not. I don't think he has any depth. I don't think he's a particularly good performer in really any sense of the world. All all he does is injure people and himself. He's injured more people than Ryback, who the internet hates. So, what? tell me, what is there to like about Seth Rollins? What is there to like about Seth You can talk to Doc Manson at Doc Manson. So you go ahead there, neighborhood. Hey, I would like to hear you, I would like to hear anybody argue with anything that I just said. Uh, Particularly if you really think back to his previous run when he was the champion, think about how you, think about that stuff that he was doing with the authority at that time. Most people, if I recall, were very negative on it. They were negative on the story, they were negative on the angle. I don't remember a lot of people being particularly negative about Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is an elite in-ring talent. And I'm not saying that Kevin Owens is not. He is. But Seth Rollins is an elite in I find in-ring Kevin Owens talent. incredibly entertaining in everything that he does. You give Seth Rollins a microphone and I might as well just fall asleep. I'm not wild about his mic work. I think it's okay. And I did not mind what happened on Raw with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. I liked it better than I would have had they gotten microphones and just jawed at each other for 10 minutes. The fact that there was this, you know, they called it mind games. I don't know if I'd even go that far. But the fact that there was this nonverbal interplay, uh, I didn't mind it. It didn't bother me. But... When you watch, I thought it went on too long. I, honestly I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. When if you were to watch WWE 24, though, um, it does a very nice job of investing you in the person that is Seth Rollins. And what I find, don't you think that's really strange? They have him coming back as a heel. That's exactly like a 100 percent heel, and they've got this this special on the network that's supposed to be casting him in an empathetic light? That is exactly what I was going to say, is it doesn't make sense to me to have this special and then have him come out as a 
acting as a heel. And I don't care what Jim Ross says, we should boo Seth Rollins because he wants us to boo him. Seth Rollins is not going to get booed in the way they want, especially when he's going up against Roman Reigns. WWE is making their lives very, very difficult by continuing to try to make Roman Reigns the good guy and Seth Rollins the bad guy. And I, You know what I, I honestly think this is about is they only have basically this month to tease this feud between Rollins and Reigns because they're going to end up on separate brands. That might be true. That might be true. The rumor I read today, and it is just a rumor, I don't believe it all that much, but I'll report what I read, is that the plan right now is to have Rollins and Reigns be the top guys of Raw and Cena and Styles, which we'll get to, be the top guys on SmackDown. Now, again, I don't necessarily know that I agree with that, um, but... Possible. I, you know, I I enjoyed it. The match will be fine. There's enough backstory there. Uh, but, you know, I had I had I had the number one pick, you know, I gave you the number one pick in the draft, I probably would have taken Kevin Owens as well. So if we were drafting based on number one picks, or if they had voted, honestly, I, if they I had feel voted very based similar. on number one picks, I feel very similar to Seth Rollins as I do about Randy Orton. I don't really? know why. I just I find him to be dreadfully boring. I know that the things he's doing in the ring are technically sound, but I have trouble being invested in anything he does because he does not sell me on anything himself. Okay. Well, that is a perfectly valid opinion. Um, I don't know that you will find a lot of people in the neighborhood agree with you, but that's okay. In fact, it might get us more viewers. Hey, man, controversy creates cast. It does. It does indeed. Um, speaking of casts, can you read our first email? And I mean the first one. Are you? Do you have the email open? Or do, I can read it if you don't. I have it. Which one? The first one by uh, dream.chaser at runbox.com. And I say that because I can't pronounce X-I-E as a name. Ah. (laughs) I'm so sorry for sending you this message, which you didn't expect to receive. My name is X-I-E, and I'm a first-year college student working for a small media production studio specializing in podcast editing. Have you ever thought about outsourcing the production aspect of your podcast so you could have more time to create content for your show instead of messing with sound editing? Well, what we do is we take your show recording, edit out parts that you don't want, mix in your intro, outro, music, etc., normalize volume level, add ID3 tags, and upload it to LiveSyn for you. Our rate is 8 bucks per episode, and turnaround is one day. I'm going to stop reading there. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's have fine. We, uh, have we hit the big time? I feel like we have. People are, you know... Spamming pe- our People account? are spamming our accounts and looking for, you know... And, and trust me, if we could get a producer that we knew, I would, I would have a producer. Because sometimes editing this show is a pain. Is it? And it, it just... I wouldn't know. That's true. Would you like to take over the editing chair for a while? 
I have zero interest in doing so. I didn't think so. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And uh, we will not be responding, but we appreciate the offer. And I'm sure people out there are willing to spend eight bucks an episode getting... The thing that I think is strange about this service is, I mean, are, if you're going to go through and, you know, record your podcast yourself... You've already done all that configuration, so messing with sound is not that big of a deal. And then in terms of the sound editing, how are you going to let them know? Give them the recording. And how are you going to let them know which parts you don't want so that they can edit them out? I mean, don't you think that you're probably going to have to give them timestamps or something like that? Yes. At that point, haven't you done most of the work that's involved in doing that sound editing yourself? Yes. I, so, I remember a show we did where I had, like, the worst cough I've ever had in my life. And I had, like, a two-sided sheet of paper which had all of the timestamps that I needed to go back and silence out my cough so it didn't sound like I was dying of emphysema. So, you know, then that was a – that's, like you said, that's most of the work as it is. But anyways – Regardless, if anyone out there is interested in being a producer of ours for free, uh, you can let us know and tell us what you bring. I like to tell point us what you bring to the you, table. That you went to Twitter and let them know that I was trashing Seth Rollins. I am trying to get some buzz out there. You know, people will listen to this show now more because they want to know what you are saying about their darling Seth Rollins. Please don't, says Ant from Rant with Ant. Well, okay, so can, apparently I'm not going to agree with too many things that I, Mr. Ant has to say. I think you'll agree with some of them. Um, uh-huh. Savvy says, Doc, heel turn. Well, I have to tell you, I've always been here. That's what I, you, I wrote back and said. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a heel already. And Muscles Marinera. He's mad Rollins. Didn't answer his fan mail. Yeah. Did you, that's did you send Seth Rollins some fan mail? No. Thanks for retiring, Sting. Heel Town, USA. Ever the contrarian. I would have you know, this had nothing to do with being contrary. Nothing to do with it. See, now we're an interactive show. That's that's why I do it. I want us to be uh, an interactive show. Um, the last right, time we the last that. time we recorded, we had just found out about the brand extension. We had just found out about SmackDown going live. It's been about a week. Uh, have your thoughts changed at all? Anything new you wish to report? I know you've been busy. Have we talked about? We have not. Let's talk about the the small, swollen faced elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> young Oscar. How old is he now? Four years? Five uh, years? He'll be four in September. All right. Uh, young Oscar had a bit of trouble. Do you want to go into some details on the, the surgical procedure that happened today for young Oscar? Well, he, uh, over the weekend, broke a tooth on a uh, on a nylabone, we think. So, um, you know, a veterinary dental-approved chewing toy. Uh but, you know, they're hard, and I guess he must have bit it just right, and he sheared off one of his molars. So the root was exposed, and that meant he had to go in for an extraction. And uh, so we had surgery today. They put him under, intubated him, you know, put a game of anesthesia, and they extracted the tooth. For, for a dog, one of these molars has three different roots, so they have to file back the, the bone after removing the gum, like peeling back the gum. 
But I mean, the positive thing is, unlike getting you know a human uh, wisdom tooth out, they they cover it up. They don't leave a socket. They suture everything uh, closed, so there's no risk of him getting dry socket or anything like that. So that's good. But I mean, so yeah, he had the surgery today. We picked him up around uh, after work, and he's still kind of loopy, a little bit out of it. Um, but you know, he's uh, he's gonna be all right. He's pulling through. All right. But yeah, he's uh, all swollen. The face is ridiculous. How swollen he is. It's uh, it's sad, but he'll feel better soon. Well, that's all that matters. So I am sure those of us out there in the neighborhood who who love Oscar, yes, are are pulling for him. Um, Thank you to Mrs. Manson, who right now is downstairs, no doubt sitting with him and giving him a cold compress on his uh, swollen face. The thi- Allowing me to pod and trash That's Seth Rollins. The things we do for pets. Not that I would know because I don't have any, but the things we do. For pets, um, but yeah, it's been about a week. Any change? Any int- You know, are you excited? Are you not excited? Are you? Are I you still? Are you still? A realization. On, are you still of the belief that you're only going to watch the brand that Kevin Owens is on? I'm of the belief that I'm not going to watch the brand Roman Reigns is on, and if that means not watching Kevin Owens, then so be it. Really. Your, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but your dislike I'm your dislike sure. of Roman Reigns is greater than your like of Kevin Owens. Yes. Hey, man, Roman Reigns is the person who made me quit wrestling before we started this podcast. And you're not willing to do what I do to find our happy and just fast forward past the Roman Reigns segment. No, because I like watching it live, and I can't fast forward when it's live. You get up and you wa- you have a giant house now. You walk into other rooms of the house and you... Mm, that holds no appeal for me. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, can't, I won't guarantee that I'll stop watching. We'll see how things go, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that's actually probably all talk on my behalf. I'm going to say it's going to be difficult to podcast when you only watch one of the two... Ah, I pulled my headphones out. Sorry. But I mean, <laughs> in all fairness, like that's one of the reasons why the brand split is a bad idea. And I had this revelation over the course of last week. I put it on Twitter and you disagreed with me briefly, but I want to talk about it more here on this show. And the realization that I had is I used to know (coughs) quite a few people that watched wrestling. Um, You know, this was through college for us and maybe it was just a particular time in life where it was convenient for people. But at the same time, once the brand split got into, like, got past being shiny and new, we're talking a couple years therein, 2004, 2005, right? That's when a whole lot of people I know stopped watching wrestling. Now, I won't go out on a, I won't go out so far, because I think this is the thing you've disagreed with. I won't go so far as to say that people stopped watching because of the brand split. However, I can't help but feel that the quality of both of those shows dropped rather steeply as a result of them splitting their efforts between these shows. And even though maybe it's really just a matter of convenience, other things were going on in people's lives, but if wrestling had still been engaging and interesting and well-written on a regular basis, if they've been able to take all of that energy into a single product and actually been, you know, good, maybe more people 
would have still been watching. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get your temperature on that. Do you think there's something to this idea that I'm talking about? Last week, when you tweeted it out, I disagreed with you. Because I I didn't think that a brand split with, you know, more chance for people to shine and things like that uh, could do that. However, over the last few days, I have been watching what I've called the hashtag MITB Match Marathon. I've tried to watch uh, all of the Money in the Bank matches, starting with the ones at WrestleMania. And I'm now on the ones from the actual Money in the Bank pay-per-views. And I watched a Money in the Bank match, which featured the following in one match. Wade Barrett... Uh, Sin Cara, the original, Justin Gabriel, and Heath Slater. And I cannot look at you and say that I disagree anymore. Because when you have this money in the bank match and you're filling it with three members of whatever it was called, the Nexus, the Core, whatever, you know, Dan, now granted Daniel Bryan was in that match, which made it entertaining. Uh, Sheamus was in that match, which was fine. Uh, there were probably some others. I think Cody Rhodes might have been in that match. But, you know, I'm making a list here of the people who are in these Money in the Bank matches. And we went from guys like Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Shelton Benjamin, Edge, Bobby Lashley. We've gone now to guys like Lord Tensai, Santino Morella, Alex Riley, R-Truth, and I can imagine if those are the guys that are getting some focus, I could see where some wrestling fans would stop being interested in that product. Because, you know, I'm all for giving mid-card guys a shot. I want this brand split to mean something positive for Bo Dallas. However, I'm not sure, you know, if we're beginning to focus on guys that people aren't connecting with, that does pose a problem. I mean, honestly, I know of the people that we watched wrestling with, 90% of them stopped watching in the brand split era. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair, of the people we watched wrestling with, the vast majority of us got married or, in some cases, bought houses or began doing other things like that. Got But again, I think if the wrestling product had been engaging in must-see, people would have made time for it. You, you're probably not wrong. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not sure. You know, I... I am still excited about this. I'm more excited about the idea that SmackDown is going live. That's the thing that I am excited about. The brand split is actually the thing that kind of throws, casts a shadow over this Mm -hmm. for me. Um, SmackDown going live is a fantastic idea. And, you know, I think I heard, God, Liam say this. (sighs) But you know what? I have to give him props. I have to agree here because the point that he was making is, yeah, we've got a huge stacked roster on the main roster right now. We've got a bunch of people in NXT who are ready to come up who only add to the stacked quality of this roster. But he pointed this out, and I think I pointed this out myself on DDT Wrestling the past couple of weeks. You split this roster in two, and I don't think there is enough talent. I think there is enough talent. I don't know that there is enough must-see talent. I don't know 
that even if there is enough talent, and you know, when you really go through it, I'm sure you could come up with enough names that it would seem okay on paper. But think about the number of people that were out on injury just two months ago. And just think about if that happens again. Think about where we are in two years when, you know, when when 30% of these people on this roster are no longer with the company. I'm just, I, I don't know, just like the first brand split. It was shiny, it was new, it was different, it was interesting for a year or two. Mm-hmm. But then they kept doing it for a decade. Well, and... What I, That's my concern. What I find interesting is I just saw this today and it confuses, baffles, and frustrates me is reading that SmackDown, which will be live on Tuesday nights, will be doing Monday night house shows, in di- which will be in direct competition with Monday Night Raw. And ex- but right before we get to that, I will comment on that in a second, but I just also want to point out of the neighborhood, we know that most of the people who listen to the show, we love you, all you youngins, we love you, our besties, but I, I just want, we know that most of them were either, like, just born in 96, so when you're talking about the brand split, you're talking about people that were six years old or younger, the original brand split. Got it, split. got it, got it, got it. So these are people who maybe, they didn't really live through that first brand split, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to go out there. And, and you didn't live through the first brand split. I mean, you you stopped watching. I'm the only person I know of. I mean, I'm sure there are a couple of you in the neighborhood. I don't want to say that blanketly. But I actually watched straight through the brand split the first time. I've been watching straight through. The only time I ever really took a break, like I said, was with Roman Reigns right before we started doing the show. I watched straight through all those years. And so when you say to me, I can't believe that you're only going to watch one of the shows. It's going to make it hard to watch, to do a podcast. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. And maybe I will watch both shows for the sake of the show. Maybe I'm willing to make that sacrifice for you, neighborhood. But the point is, I lived through this once, and I know what it was like. And I know last time, that's exactly what happened. I stopped watching one of those shows completely mm-hmm. because it didn't hold any interest for me. So... So let me ask you this, and we'll get back to the SmackDown house show piece, because uh, I do. We both probably have things to say about that. How do you fix it? If it's well, if it's going to happen, if it is inevitable that this brand split is going to happen, how can WWE keep history from repeating itself? How can they keep you interested in two shows at the same time without? Just completely ignoring Roman Reigns. Is that ghost in there again? I just saw you sticking your... She's got to come through the closet. I need consistency in my life. Oh, there's the little Oscar. Oh, he... Yeah, he is dazed and confused right now. All right. He is. Um, I'll tell you how you fix it. You fix it... Well, it doesn't fix it, but it it does do something to fix it. And to their credit, it's what they've done. You make SmackDown live. One of the reasons why SmackDown was not engaging through the first brand split was because it was not live. Mm -hmm. Okay. So making it live, you know, potentially does 
something mm-hmm. to help fix the situation I'm talking about. I, I think another thing they need to do, and I've, I've made this analogy before, I feel like WWE right now is a lot like what I've heard Saturday Night Live is like. Saturday Night Live, the writers spend their time focusing on the big names. When Will Ferrell was on Saturday Night Live, every writer wanted to write a Will Ferrell sketch because... That was the one that was going to be a big deal and heavily featured. And there were only a couple of writers who were writing things for the rest of the cast. I feel like that's what WWE is doing right now. You've got so much focus on Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and so much focus on John Cena and AJ Styles. And as we saw Monday night, sometimes it works out beautifully. But Um, I'm going to have to disagree with that. We'll come come back to that. But... Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, right now, Rant with Ant was talking about his problems with the Shining Stars. Nobody's putting any effort into that. It's one idea that they're going with. The same could be said for that women's segment we saw on Raw, which you don't even remember, which is, I I think it was Dana Brooke versus Natalia. Dana Brooke won, problem number one. And then Charlotte and Dana were beating Natty down. Becky Lynch ran out and made the save. The entire ah uh, yes, the jobber of the women's the division. entire the entire women's division was featured in I think like six minutes of that show, and it's because nobody's writing for them right now. The focus is elsewhere. They need to get a group of writers and basically say, "You're in charge of this group. You're in charge of this group. You're in charge of this group. That's your focus. Don't write for anybody else. Make this group." Matter. If they don't do that already, they've got. I, I can't. They do they not do that? That would seem like the most logical way to write this show. They put Big E and Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods together and said, "You're essentially going to be positive Baptist preachers," and they ignored. Figure it out. And they ignored them. And when they came to them with all of these crazy ideas, they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. We're focusing on probably Roman Reigns. And I'm not meaning to be negative here. I I think part of this is a positive because you're allowing the superstars to create their own ideas, which Absolutely. I think is part and you of the always fun. Get, you and, always get the and best performance. lo and behold, the New Day, I believe, just recently set the record for longest time as WWE Tag Team Champions. Okay. So, you know, so it's not bad, but I think that goes to show certain talents do not get any look from the creative team. And I think that needs I think you're right. I think that needs to be addressed in some form or fashion. Being live will help a great deal, but I think it needs to be addressed. Yeah. And I and again to your point, um if they don't do that, if they don't have engaging storylines all around, they're going mm-hmm. to struggle. Yes. Once the shine wears off of this, mm-hmm. they're going to struggle. We've t- they talked about it on NAI Pod uh I think this week. Five hours in two consecutive days is a long time. I talked about that last week. You did. That's a lot of wrestling to dedicate yourself to. Not to mention pay-per-views. Not Uh to mention NXT. Now, I'm very excited. You know, my first thing I'm most excited for is SmackDown going live. The second thing I'm excited for, and I promise we'll come back around to all of these topics, 
is what's going to happen with NXT because I do think this draft has to include some NXT talents. And I think NXT is going to become more of the developmental territory it was before Balor and Atami and Owens got there. And I'm excited about that. I want to start, as I wrote today, I think I tweeted it today, I want to start falling in love with new talent. So, um, you mentioned injury. You mentioned the potential with a brand split. uh, What happens if these talents get injured? SmackDown doing a show on Monday, and I get it, they're probably not going to go home in between, so you're going to have them do something. But you're going to do a house show on the night of a Raw. Aren't you asking for injury? Shouldn't, shouldn't these talents be getting more time off, not having to work an extra day? I mean, I guess it makes sense. If you're going into town for a TV taping, you do a house show to increase your revenue from touring. Like, I get I get that. They do that now for Raw. They do a house show over the weekend, right? I mean, that's what they do. They do. Doing it on Mon- doing it on Mon- right. Doing it on Monday night is the thing that gets me mm-hmm. about that. Why on earth would you compete with your own product? I know it's not in the same geolocation probably, but at the same time, those are people who could be at home watching Raw. If that says to me that they really don't care about their television ratings if they're willing to you know, just sack an entire city and it's, you know, surrounding it. Don't get me wrong. I guess a single city might not necessarily, it's only a few hundred seats, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a few thousand seats. It's not like it's going to really dent the ratings that much. I I, I don't I think it's reflective of the fact that these WWE knows that these people aren't necessarily watching Raw live each and every week. You You DVR Raw, you go to the house show, and then you watch Raw the next the next morning or that see, night. See, that's or... not. But that I think that's not. I don't think that's. But that I don't. Well, okay. Let me just take a moment here. That is true. Way more people are watching this thing shifted. But if that were true, there would be no value in a live product. And WWE and more so USA Network see enough value in live products that they've changed, restructured their deal to make SmackDown live. That You have to believe there's a heavy financial incentive from the network for WWE to completely change its touring schedule. They're going to have to staff up to allow two different road crews going at different times. This is the only reason why that would happen. The only reason why that makes sense for WWE to do that is if USA is footing most of that bill. And they're doing that because USA thinks... Live programming is how you get people to watch advertisements. And that's true, and that is exactly why they like live programming. So, But my point is in all of this, I'm taking the long way of saying it, but there has somebody crunched those numbers. There has to be enough monetary value in having these shows live still. Otherwise, they wouldn't have paid to shift SmackDown Live. That's fair. So, That's just fair. to your point, your point isn't completely on point, I think. That, That's all. My point's not on point? Yeah, not not completely. I, okay. I do think there's truth to what you said. You're right. Though. There were more people than ever are DVRing things. But the, the value proposition, proposition still has to come out in favor of live shows. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about SmackDown going live right now. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I do, I think the ratings will bear it out because... 
people aren't watching SmackDown, and I think that was part of the issue. I read that is there were disappointments with SmackDown's ratings, and it's you know I can read SmackDown spoilers in thirty seconds and decide whether or not there's anything worth watching. And even when I read the spoilers and I say, "Oh, interesting, Cesaro's wrestling," you know, Dolph Ziggler, that should be an interesting match. More often than not, I still don't watch it. So, I think I think there are good things. There are some confusing pieces about this. I'm still not sure what they're going to do with the world champion. I, you know, I'm not sure even what I want necessarily to see happen with the world champions situation. Um, part of me thinks they need to take the Intercontinental and the U.S. titles and make them Raw titles and SmackDown titles and have one world champion. I think Magnum uh, had that idea. I'm sure lots of people did, but I remember seeing it on Magnum's. Um, you know, having a, mi- a mid-card belt, a Raw and SmackDown champion, which you can hang your hat on, but it's not necessarily, you know, as big of a deal as being the world champion, and then having a world champion who can go back and forth between brands. Yeah, I mean, that... That doesn't make sense to me. Because what you're going to do there is if you have a single world champion that goes between brands, you're going to have to have a storyline on Raw, a storyline on SmackDown, and then what happens? Does only one of those guys get a pay-per-view payoff? Or do they do a regular tournament-type thing to decide which number one contender from which show actually gets the championship match? They don't do tournaments like that in WWE. They just don't. What you would have to do, you would have to have an entire um, division float between the shows. You'd have to have, you know, your set mid-card for Raw and SmackDown, and then the main event would have to float between both shows. I think, like we talked about last week, Brock Lesnar proved that you do not need your world champion on television to necessarily... You know, you can do okay without your world champion. I think you could have... You know, if if Roman Reigns is your world champion, because you know he will be at some point, and he's feuding with Seth Rollins on Raw, who may or may not be the Raw champion, SmackDown's just fine if Roman Reigns isn't there all the time. Or Roman Reigns is on every now and then, but he's defending his title in a random one-off match. I will say, I I agree with the fact that the champion does not always have to be on the show. Brock Lesnar, like you said, does bear that out, although Brock Lesnar is somewhat of a special case. But regardless of that, I do agree with the underlying premise there. You don't have to have the champion on all the time. However, what you're doing is you're setting up a system where the champion is more likely than not going to not be on one of those shows for extended periods. If he's involved in a feud on Raw with a Raw talent, you know probably for the next month he's not showing up on SmackDown. Well, no, and like I was saying. so that's an ex- But that means you're getting rid of that risk that he could show up at any time, and that makes it a little bit less interesting. Let's say that he is feuding with Seth Rollins on Raw. He could show up, you know, so let's say the week one of that month he doesn't show up on SmackDown. Week two, it's a scheduled he's going to wrestle Sami Zayn. In a random non-title match, it's just the champion is billed to appear, and then maybe he shows up at some point, you know, if, at, on a different show. And I get it, you know, it would involve some complications. But uh, the two world champion thing—we talk about what drove people away from, you know, from wrestling. If it had to do with the brand split, 
Sheamus is a however many time world champion. Alberto Del Rio is, a, I think, a three time world champion. Dolph Ziggler is a former world champion. Mark Henry is a former world champion. You know, the being champion doesn't mean as much when there are two belts. Plus, if you were to have a Raw and SmackDown champion, you have just built yourself one pay-per-view a year, whether it's bragging rights or what, or Night of Champions, where your Raw champion, your SmackDown champion, and your world champion battle in a triple threat match. So if yeah. if John Cena was your SmackDown champion and Seth Rollins was your Raw champion, there's a triple threat main event. I will say I love all the conversation that this topic is sparking, but I'm just going to come out and say it right now. It's 100% guaranteed, Doc Manson 100% guarantees, that each show will have its own champion. You're They're probably right. And you know why I'm going to say that? Because it's easier. One simple reason. Not only is it easier, because it, and it is, it's a heck of a lot easier. But the exact same people who made the decisions about the brand split in 2002 are still in charge of this company today. That's very true. They're going to do the same playbook. Mm-hmm. Because that's what WWE does. Plus, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. You bring out a big gold belt again. For- do you think anybody listening to the show got that reference? Spaceballs? Yeah. I-, I think we have enough hip, cool nerd fans that a couple people got that. Does anybody here know who Mel Brooks is? Let us know. If, if that becomes a no... We now have to do a special edition podcast where we only talk about Mel Brooks. Fair enough. All right. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned it, and I'm going to give you a chance to defend yourself. What did you not like about John Cena and AJ Styles? Okay. Let, let me make sure I'm expressing myself fully here. I hate everything about it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, it was... I was, it was, I was getting ready to send another tweet. I was going to be like... You, well, you, you, might, you might still be able... You might still be able to send that tweet. I thought that what happened on Monday night was very well performed. I thought the thing with AJ going out there and first... We looked like we were going to have a face versus face mutual respect thing. And then the setup. And then it looked like, you know... Uh, Anderson and Gallus were coming out and we were going to set ourselves up for, you know, that tag team match, the faces versus the heels. That was all played very well. And yes, nobody saw it coming at that point. AJ Styles joining forces with the club and beating down John Cena. It was a surprise. It was well executed. And I don't have any complaints about that on its own. What I have a complaint about is AJ Styles just spent two months or more feuding with Roman Reigns. And that was for the damn heavyweight championship of this company. And he didn't simply side with Anderson and Gallows. They didn't go full-out heel to get the job done and to get AJ Styles that championship. So, tell me, DC, 
in the last week, what happened to AJ Styles' mentality? Are they really telling a story where they're telling us that him winning the biggest title in this company wasn't worth him turning heel, but beating down John Cena for, I don't know, reasons, reasons, which they didn't really articulate, that was enough of a reason for him to fully side with the club. Yes. But winning the belt was not. Yes. That makes zero sense. It's poor storytelling. There's no internal logic. And frankly, it disappoints me. That is a terrible story to be telling. The execution was excellent, but it makes zero sense to me. Let me break out some math for you. Mm-hmm. John Cena. Go ahead, Scott Steiner. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. We're not doing percentages. We're doing comparing numbers. Okay. John Cena greater than World Heavyweight Championship. I the myth I don't think that's true. You, I don't think that's true. But WWE certainly thinks that's true. But that's and, not and the narrative the, they've been telling. The myth, the legend, the sheer presence of John Cena is enough to cause AJ Styles to turn heel and unite with the club. They are here as the Bullet Club, from what I believe was wont to do, to take out that guy. And I understand and apparently, what you're saying. And apparently, New Day, for reasons. That's for the reasons. part that bothered me. Is That was just a misdirection, Gallows and No, because they're going to do it. I guess so. Gallows and Anderson are going yeah. to probably defeat New Day to win these tag team titles. Um, which only bothers me in the sense that that means Tyler Breeze and Fandango can't do it. But I, I think that's the story as they're trying to tell is AJ Styles tried to do things the right way. He tried to beat Roman Reigns, who is the current guy. Not good, not bad, but the. And, but I couldn't get it done. So instead I'll beat down the guy who used to be the guy. I will take out, instead, I will make my statement by taking out the face who runs the place. No, what you do is you fully side with Anderson, then you go and you take that belt from Roman Reigns. This, it, this, this, Mr., this, this, putting his focus somewhere else rings completely false to me. Okay. I under, I understand what you're saying. You're making good points, but I just, I cannot agree with it. I'm not asking you to agree with it. I'm telling you what I think they're doing. Is what they're right. and I and what they're doing think, is yes. they're coming in. This club is coming in to take out the poster boy for WWE. I, I see I, that. I'm willing to bet AJ Styles comes out next week. If he doesn't do it on SmackDown, I didn't read the spoilers. He comes out next week and says, "This is why I'm here." Yeah, I want to win the WWE title. Yeah, I want to be a you know wanted to have a WrestleMania match. I came to WWE. To take out John Cena. That's why we're here. Is to take out John Cena. This guy, Mr. WWE, 16-time world champion, or 15, yeah, 16, 15, 15, 15 15-time world champion, you know, the greatest wrestler of all time, air quotes. And again, I'm not asking you to agree. AJ Styles has won a major championship in every 
in every single company he's ever worked for except for this one. Mm-hmm. You'd think adding that to his trophy case would ha- also have some precedent to him. Some, I, I understand what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. That probably is the story you're telling. I'm not disagreeing with that. But as I said in the no, beginning, I, the execution was great. I don't like the story they're telling. I, I am giving them a chance to tell the story. Right now, we saw what I would say is some of the best in-ring, whether or not you agree with the story. Like you said, that segment was perfect. They milked the crowd long enough. They got that crowd, which had been a quiet crowd up until that point. They worked that crowd into a frenzy, and then when we least expected it, a, you know, and a lot of people were like, oh, he's wearing black tights. How could you not see that? Co-? Nobody saw that coming. I tell you, nope. nobody saw that Execution coming. Execution was phenomenal. Yes. Yes. I am giving them a, I'm giving them a chance to tell me a story that works for me. You're fine. I'm giving them a chance to tell them a sto- me a story that works. But execution wise, I don't know that there was a better execution of a segment in 2016 in World Wrestling Entertainment, if not longer. It was beautiful. We'll see whether or not the story lives up to it. I mean, I, the, the, like I said, the simple fact is no matter what the story is here, if you're saying that this is more important than the World Heavyweight Championship, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, there's no way I'm going to get behind that story. There's, I don't see any way that they are going to get me to buy into this. This story may go on to be very good. It may be excellent, but the premise here, the mm-hmm. foundation, if, as long as I remember that that was what AJ Styles was doing just before this feud and he did not accept the help of the club, fully embrace it, this just rings completely hollow, forced writing. This is just... They, they executed it phenomenally. Nobody saw it coming because this is like when Agatha Christie would write a mystery and she would reveal everything that happened on the last page and that's be- and you would have nothing leading up to it. You never could have figured it out because, oh, it turns out the murderer was a character who she introduced on the last page. Like, it- it's just, that's not satisfying writing in any sense of the word to me. How many Agatha Christie books have you read? Enough to know that, for the most part, I don't care for her. Okay. So you don't like Seth Rollins... You don't like this story, and you don't like Agatha Christie. Did you like the return of the big show? Can we talk about something else? No. I have been so negative on this show. Is there is there anything that I can be positive about? Um, did you enjoy... Are you going to enjoy this Rusev versus Titus O'Neil feud? Sure. <laughs> Uh, are you? Did you enjoy the fact that after all of this time, uh, the hatch wound up being Bill Goldberg in the new video game? Oh yeah! After all this time, this tease on the internet for driving everybody crazy for three days, Goldberg agreed to be in a video game for money. Yeah, yeah, that's a that is a great great payoff for that. Sorry, Jason. I know, I, yeah, so, so satisfying. 
So satisfying. All right. I, I'm beginning to run out of things. Um, do you enjoy the notion that Alberto Del Rio will be in Money in the Bank? I don't care if I ever see Alberto Del Rio again. Do you feel similarly about that? If he just disappeared tomorrow, would you care about that at all? At all? No. I've never liked Alberto Del Rio. I did not particularly like Alberto El Patron in Lucha Underground. Didn't see that. It, it was better, but not by much. Mm. I'm not a big Alberto Del Rio fan. Decent wrestler. Uh, you know, the gimmick is the... What, what bothers me is, with the exception of the cowboy hat, he's essentially doing what JBL did, and I loved heel JBL. I loved heel JBL. He was a wrestling god. And I couldn't get into Alberto Del Rio. Now, granted, most of Alberto Del Rio's career happened when I wasn't watching wrestling regularly. So what I've seen has been, you know, his recent stuff and his past stuff in hindsight, you know, in other things. So uh, maybe I'm not the best person to ask, but... I'm not wild about Del Rio. Uh, the one thing I will say about having him in that match is he's another guy that I don't think has a chance of winning. Yeah. You know, this is... I mean, honestly, I'm just going down the card here for a second. Sure. VOD Villains versus The New Day. Yeah. I like the VOD Villains, but that really doesn't do much for me. I'm tired of The New Day shtick. The Usos versus Tyler Breeze and Fandango, nothing there for me. Oh, man. Zack Ryder versus Rusev. Don't get me wrong, I like Rusev and all... But there was no way that Zack Ryder was going to win that belt. What are they doing? Enzo Amori and Big Cass versus the Dudley Boys. I like Enzo and Cass. I really like them. I like that segment. Natalia versus Dana Brooke. Nothing for me. Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. That was actually kind of clever. Yeah, that I kind of enjoyed. Yeah, it was. That I, that that might be. And and then the main event: Dean Ambrose, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho. Dol- Fine. Um, almost everybody I care about on that show, because even Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, well, that was a good segment. I don't care about either of those guys. No. So outside was... of Enzo and Cass, everybody I care about was in the last 15 minutes of that show, mm-hmm. of a three-hour show. Mm-hmm. I Just to make a quick point, whoever did the writing for the Dolph Ziggler-Baron Corbin thing, that's what we're talking about. That segment was five minutes, and it was entertaining and surprising and fun. That's what SmackDown needs to do. Mm-hmm. You can tell a story in five minutes that keeps things going and makes people happy. Because that I, I really was. I was expecting it to be you know some sort of actual technical wrestling match, and then he kicked him <laughs> in. The place where you kick people that get disqualified, and it was just hilarious. Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> Ever see that movie? What movie? Uh, the Monster Squad. No. Oh, that's a good eighties film. Okay. You should. See. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, one of those feel good Goonies style uh, little pack of kids fighting against the Universal monsters. Oh, it was pretty good. I will have to see if I can Netflix it. Wolfman's got nards. Uh, all right. So I enjoyed Raw. I I did not watch all of it. I you know I skipped through things, but I enjoyed it more than you did. Um, 
Are you excited for NXT TakeOver, which is this coming Wednesday? We will not record again, most likely, unless we do a surprise show. We will not... Let me put it this way. I don't know any matches on that card except for one. And the one that I know can be summed up as, huh, they made me not care about a match with Asuka in it. That's the one match you know is Asuka versus Nia Jax. That's the one that I know. Steel Cage, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. Huh. You know, this might be partly because I haven't watched NXT in three weeks. Okay. And I don't miss it. American Alpha versus The Revival. Okay, that'll be a great match. Austin Aries versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, much like you, I've never much cared about Austin Aries. I care about him more now. Okay. Watch for the last few weeks. I care about him more now. Not super much, but he's yeah. involved with Shinsuke, and it's kind of fun. Um, All right. Ty Dillinger versus Andrade Cien Almas. I don't know who that is. I missed his debut. He hasn't debuted yet. This will be his debut. Okay. Former Mexican wrestler named La Sombra, who is now wrestling. I'm assuming No Way Jose will be in there, uh, but he doesn't have an announced match that I'm aware of. I think that's it. I don't believe Bailey's on this card, which I find curious. Somebody was telling me, I think it was Adster was telling me that they think he's she's injured, but I don't remember seeing anything that says she's injured. So I don't know don't where know. what what's going on with Bailey. I'm assuming she's going to get drafted in a couple of weeks, but... I don't know what's going on with that. I'm excited. You know, I I love... That's this Wednesday? That is this coming Wednesday, June 8th. What time does it start? I'm assuming it's 8 o'clock, 8 to 10. It'll be a two-hour... Sure, it's not going to be 10 o'clock like it was over WrestleMania weekend? I don't think so. It's it's right. it's from Full Sail, though. So Okay, then yeah, it'll probably be... Um, now, what's interesting is that it's being billed as NXT TakeOver colon The End. And they're make you know they're leaving it intentionally ambiguous. Obviously, uh, I'm sure part of that, you know, part of it could be because this is most likely Finn Balor's last NXT match. Uh, a lot of people believe it's because since NXT talents will almost definitely be drafted, this is the end. There will be no more takeovers. Apparently, tickets for the Brooklyn takeover that usually happens SummerSlam weekend have been removed from websites. You can, you know, so they're not advertising that show anymore. Uh, any particular thoughts as the sun sets and we get some mood lighting there in the Manson household? Hey now. Hey now. Um, as I, you know, tweeted at the New Age Insiders during their podcast this week, the word on the street is that that SummerSlam show was taken down. So that they could revamp some of the logos and other uh, advertisement images around that wor uh, wording, things like that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that that show is going to continue to exist, but it might not be called TakeOver anymore. I think that's, I think that's the most likely thing here. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't think they're giving up on the NXT brand, as no. I said on the show weeks ago. Too much invested in NXT. It's got too much brand recognition at this point. Mm -hmm. But what the heck does TakeOver even mean? I actually always kind of thought TakeOver colon whatever was kind of a dumb way to name things. 
back when, if you go back to like the first takeover, when most people weren't watching NXT, and WWE Network came out and it was their way for their minor leagues to kind of have some major publicity. And then people really started getting into it. Neville, Sami Zayn, Mm -hmm. these guys became household names and it started being a big deal. Then they started signing all of these international talents. Um, you know, I think this, this is a signal that they're going back to what I would consider true developmental, where all of these big names are probably going to wind up in, uh, on Raw or SmackDown. We'll find out as soon as they do the draft. If they start mm-hmm. drafting NXT talents, then clearly that's the case. Yeah. Um, but I, I, th- I do think we're going to see, you know, Hideo Itami might be the biggest, uh, NXT names just solely because he's going to need to get the ring rust off when he makes his return. Um, you know, we'll see things like that. And, you know, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano might get a shot. This new team, which you missed, uh, TM61, new tag team. Yeah, it, it would, you know, use the fast forward button when you need to. But the last three weeks of NXT have been better than usual. I've found. Okay. So there was a string of weeks that were not so good. Mm-hmm. And then I got into Lucha Underground. Well, yes. And that was kind of that. And I think there's I – would, I would probably venture a guess that if people went back and checked our archives over the last few weeks, when you started watching Lucha Underground more regularly, your opinions of WWE plummeted because now you're <laughs> comparing it to something else. Yeah. I mean, all I know is I watched Lucha Underground for an hour a week. And I see an hour of solid wrestling. I see an hour where every single week some sort of major storyline beat happens. There's progression and they're telling a story that is unfolding. And it's got multiple layers and different players coming in and out at all times. Meanwhile, when you watch WWE... Again, it's a very different style of show, so I, I don't really think I'm comparing them in my head that much. But you watch WWE, and they're building up for a pay-per-view, something that doesn't mean anything to Lucha Underground. There's no such thing as an event that they're building towards. So you have four weeks of television on WWE where they're building towards a match that they set up the night after their other pay-per-view. And they're basically spinning their wheels with no real story development for a month at a time. Um, yeah, Lucha Underground, at least in terms of storytelling, has what I need. Uh, or at least what I want. I have never... Now, granted, I haven't watched much of Season 2, but what I watched from Season 1, I am not a fan of Cage. At all. He... you. Sh- I would. I would tell you to watch... The show this week. Because it's Cage versus Matanza. For the championship. And that was an awesome match. Cage. Listen, we talk about how Kane is pretty agile for a big guy. Cage is ridiculous in how agile he is. He is certainly talented. I'm not saying that I'm, I don't appreciate the talent. It is ridiculous the sorts of things he did in that match. A man of that size. My jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. I'd seen his matches 
the last few weeks. I saw him against Chavo Guerrero. He did nothing in those matches like the stuff he broke out against Matanza last night. And perhaps that's my problem with him is he falls a little bit into the Randy Orton and Alberto Del Rio camp where Randy Orton and Alberto Del Rio can be great when they want to be and can stink when they don't care. I mean, maybe. But but even still, he didn't break that stuff out against Chavo, but even that match I thought was good. Like, it was good, and there was a story that was told. I was invested in... I think maybe the quality of the match, maybe I'm even looking back on that that Chavo cage match with some rose-tinted glasses because there was... It was in service of a good story. Um, that that may very well be the case, but all I can say is you take cages. If if you have a guy who looks like Ryback, but wrestles like AJ Styles, mm-hmm. that's what I saw in that match against Matanza last night. People have raved about it. I will certainly take a look when it comes out. You know, I'm hoping this Netflix deal happens because I would certainly watch more Lucha Underground. Um, I need you to do one thing for me, and then we can finish our emails, and then we can head on out into this good night, and I've decided you need to do it live on the air. Um, I need you to watch the Hardy Boys video. It's only a couple of minutes long. Where can I find Uh, this? I'm pretty sure if you just type in Hardy TNA, it'll pop up. Because it has been all the rage. Uh... You know, TNA, uh, love them or hate them, or as I do, don't care, uh, you know, has been having problems. The Hardy Boys are involved in some sort of feud. Uh, Matt Hardy, for some reason, looks like he's trying to become Doc Brown in some way. And they had a, a contract signing to end the last TNA. Are you watching it now? It starts at a mansion? I don't know. It should start... Yeah. I don't know. It should be only a couple of minutes long. It's five minutes, 23 seconds. All right. Well, perhaps you're seeing... I don't need you to watch all that much, but... uh, Either way, what I saw was, you know, in some sort of... Like, it looked like it was in some sort of just... Shed. You know, where it all began. So... But either way, a lot of people have been... He's talking about Brother Nero? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm going to send you a YouTube link. Forgive me. You just heard a Red Lobster commercial. And I'm sure fans love this, that we're just trying to find this thing, but... uh, Okay, I see the shed now. Okay. I skipped ahead a couple It's back where it all began. And again, if you look on Twitter, you'll see what I I sent it to you. But again, uh, he looks like he's trying to be Doc Brown. You know, Matt Hardy, who is one of my least favorite people in the entire world, um, looks like he's on every drug known to man. And I suspect that he might be. And for some reason has died part of his hair. He rolled out of the ring and got caught up in the bottom rope. And they didn't edit it out. I want to talk to you about that once you see the whole thing, because it gets worse. (laughs) You know, Danielle Sullivan said she wants some more bad promo theater. I really think this would probably be it. So. Isn't that what you said, Matt? 
It's so bad. That's a woman wearing a baby. (laughs) Tell me Gene Snitsky shows up. Tell me Gene Snitsky shows up. It wasn't my He just threw that baby. Oh, wait, it's not a baby. It's a doll. Oh, and he smashed a thing on his... I think, did he cut his own hand while smashing that thing? He looks like his hand might be in pain. He's, like, grabbing his face like he's trying to do a hobo wipe or something. What is this? Now, through this... Oh, the table broke in the complete wrong way. This doesn't look... Alright. Do you think he did his hair like that to look like Seth Rollins? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know that he knows what he's doing. Brother Nero! But I have to, after seeing that, I have to ask, was that intentionally bad? Listen, I told you a little while ago that I, when I first got into Lucha Underground, I was watching Ray Hunter, I was watching TNA, I watched one episode of TNA, and I imagine what I saw there led up to this, but Jeff Hardy was there, he was having a match or something, and out from the back came somebody dressed up as Willow. I don't know if you know who Willow is. I do know. Willow I was. do know Willow. Okay, Willow was a character Great that movie. Jeff Hardy Val played. Kilmer played Mad Mardigan. No, no, no. Uh, it's a character. It's a masked character that Jeff Hardy played for a little while in TNA, uh, you know, in, during one of the times when Jeff Hardy was off or out or whatever. And eventually it was revealed that Willow was Jeff Hardy. Okay. So Jeff Hardy is there. Willow comes out. And then Willow sort of just goes into the back and Jeff runs after him, basically babbling something along the lines of, It's not possible. It's not possible. I'm Willow. I'm Willow. And then he starts like going backstage like throughout the entire show, like for the two hours. He's There's these vignettes of him stumbling backstage going, Willow, where are you? You can't be Willow. I'm Willow. I'm Willow. And he just sounds like he's on narcotics the entire time. At no point does he go take a breath and be like, okay, this is somebody else simply dressed up as Willow. Instead, they presented it like he was having some sort of fever dream, like he's he's strung out on peyote or something, and they're presenting this reality of this Willow like being... Like, true. Like, it really is him splitting off from himself. At no point did, that, did he ever, like, just stop and say, oh, wait, this is just somebody dressed up as Willow. It was the most surreal, strange thing. And I was like, okay, I can't. And on top of the fact, as you said, bad promo theater could really benefit from some of this stuff. But outside of that, it was not the sort of thing that I could see myself watching on a weekly basis. Because they were presenting it like... Like, this was their big story or something. And I was like, this is so bad. Who decided to put this on television? After hearing that, maybe my original premise was wrong, but I've been saying that I think this was intentionally bad just to get publicity in how bad it was. You know, there's the the theory that uh, no publicity is bad publicity or, you know, you... There's no such thing as bad publicity. That's what I meant to say. That yeah, was that's good. the aphorism I was going for. Uh, it's late and I'm tired. But um, 
you know, I was like, maybe they did this as bad as possible so that people would talk about it because it has been all over my Twitter, all over my Twitter. And if this had been a decent promo, no one would be talking about it. But it's, it's, you're watching the car wreck that is TNA right now. And it, you know, it is just terrible. Uh, so I don't know. I just wanted you to see that. And, and that proved to me just in that two minutes, that proved to me that we need to make wrestling riff tracks a thing. Okay. Cause just, just watching, you know, just watching you do that was hilarious. And I don't even care about what I was watching. So, all right. We have four more emails to get through. We read the one from someone who wants to edit our podcast for reasons. This one comes in from bestie Nate. Oh. Hello guys. Okay, so, DC and most other people on the internet dislike the idea of two world champs. I, on the other hand, think it could definitely work. But forget that. That has nothing to do with my question. If the WWE doesn't bring back the second world title, should they bring back a third mid-card title? European cruiserweight or television title? As always, your bestie, Nate. Now, I think you don't even have to factor in the second world title to ask this question. Do you think they're going to bring back some other sort of title? Now, granted... Intercontinental U.S. title, that obviously is kind of a natural split. The question becomes what happens to the women's division and the tag team division. Are we going to have two women's champions again? Are they going to bring back the Divas title after only... If they do, they are incredibly short-sighted. But let's see, so here's the question. You said that you thought there were going to be two world champions, which is probably true. But what do you do? You just spent all of this time talking about making this women's division more legitimate and giving them an actual world title. What do you do with that now? I don't know, but if you look at what they've been putting on television the last couple of weeks, it almost seems like they've already given up on that renewed push on the women's division. Two weeks ago, the entire story was revolving around Ric Flair. And this week, I can't even say what the, you know, I'm thinking we're heading into Money in the Bank where it's going to be Charlotte and Dana against Becky and Natalia. So, which is fine. I like three of the four of them, but I, you know, I, I want to say, and I don't even know if this is a good idea, but I want to say you need to put the women's division on a single brand. Like if you want to watch women's wrestling, you have to watch SmackDown. I mean, we had talked a little bit about having women's wrestling on one of the shows and maybe a women's tag division on the other. That would be fine. But again, but I don't, I don't know if they have, they don't have the depth for women that. to do that. No, they don't. Yeah, I mean, they have enough, they literally have enough women, but you know, your word is better. The depth to do that. No, that I don't. You would have a women's tag division with three teams. Right. And that would be it. Yeah. Uh, so I, you I mean, know, you could pull up a lot of people from NXT, but I think a lot of those aren't ready. No, you, you know, Oscar. Bailey, I, I suppose you could make a case for Alexa Bliss. I suppose you could make a case for Carmella. Nia yeah. Jackson, Eva Marie, maybe. But still. I don't even know what's going on with Eva Marie. It seems like that's another person they kind of stopped pushing. I hope that this... I, I have faith, for I am the Pope of Positivity. I have faith that this brand split is going to work. But I really hope... I actually appreciate that... Uh, Shane and Stephanie in that opening segment didn't give us a lot of details. 
I really hope that they really think these things through because... Do you think they implied on the show that, you know, they can break up tag teams? Although I think the official line was, we don't know yet. No, they made but no they, promises. They really but made the announcers, no promises. But if you listen to the announcers throughout the show, they kept talking about how the New Day could be split up, Enzo and Cass could be split up. They said it enough times that it sounded like... That's the narrative that they're pushing. I think it could happen. And like you've tweeted before, it's the only way we're getting Bully Ray. The only way we're getting Bully Ray is to do that. Yeah. Um, you're right. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think unless you're talking a team like, and I'm kind of segueing into our next email here, um, I think the Wyatt family could get split up. You know, the, yeah. the Harpro tag team probably get split up. Does Bray Wyatt even still exist? He does. He does. And that brings us to Glenn at GA WrestleNut. And he says, Follow the buzzards. With Bray Wyatt teasing in promos about the resurrection of Sister Abigail, what do you think the direction of this should go? Do they go with her fighting other women only? Taking on the guys too? Or just be there as a non-fighting member? Of the Wyatt family. She's six foot tall and six foot under. Rolls out Sasha. I had tweeted out. You probably missed it. But I had tweeted out in a total hypothetical thought experiment kind of way. I believe what you tweeted out was because you later said these are things that are not going to happen. (laughs) Yes. And that's what a thought experiment is. When people started taking me seriously, which is one of the pitfalls of Twitter... What would happen if Sasha Banks was Sister Abigail? You know, and I I was hoping people would say Twitter would explode. That's really the only reaction I was going for. And I got a lot of people being like, that's dumb. It's never going to happen. Obviously, it's never going to happen. I really don't want there to ever be a Sister Abigail. You bring Sister Abigail out and you have ruined what little was left of the Bray Wyatt mystique. Agreed. You might as well just start um, calling him Wyndham Rotunda and use his real so, name. So, one, I agree she should never be a real person. Yes. Two, if she were a real person, if they go in this direction as Glenn posits, um, do they go where they're fighting other women only? Yes. There is no male-on-female violence in the WWE. Thank God. At least not on television. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, what I meant was Roman Reigns speared Stephanie at WrestleMania. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow, DC. Wow. I just made. If that's what I meant. What did you mean? I just made myself uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I was. Uh, here's here's what I mean. Um, I was talking to Mrs. Mrs. Matthews because uh, WWE is coming to our neighborhood in August. Their Doc Manson, and originally. Mrs. Matthews had said, since we have been married for five years at the end of this month, uh, she had said that as an anniversary gift, she would attend this SmackDown in August. Has uh, this offer been rescinded? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> about 25 minutes after it was given, and she had time to think about it. Um, mm, and she was talking, you know, as, as, as someone who has taken, Mrs. Matthews has taken... Uh, a handful, 
if not more than a handful, of courses having to do with neurology and the brain. As she said, every time she watches wrestling, when she's not thinking about the diapers that they're wearing, she's thinking about, oh, that caused a concussion. That's a head injury. That's a head injury. Does she ever watch American football? No, she doesn't really enjoy... Because, okay, I was just going to say, because American football is a thousand times worse. Yes, than and she says the same thing during that. So, yeah. and, and, and at I, least here, they're taking precautions to try to protect these performers. Mm-hmm. Football, it's you hit each other as hard as you yes, can. Yes, I agree. There's protective equipment. I agree. But you're hitting each other as hard as you can. Yes. But, you know, there was one time she came in and I was watching a Daniel Bryan match. It might have even been that ladder match I alluded to earlier. And he dove off the top for a headbutt off the ladder, I think. And she kind of watched it, shuddered, and then walked out of the room. So it has been rescinded. And I don't even remember why I started talking about this. Because we're going to go in August? I think we might. Nice. I think we might. I, I mentioned to her that it's going to be at a casino that has hotels, and I would consider getting us a room at said hotel, and then she wouldn't have to go. She could do whatever she wanted at the hotel, and she kind of warmed to that idea. So I believe, as agoraphobic as I am, (laughs) there is a fair to middling chance that DC Matthews will actually attend his first live event in probably a decade. Because whatever nope. we whatever we went to one and it involved somebody that uh, brother Manson worked with at like CVS who was like twelve I want to say Prob- I'm pretty sure to work at CVS you had to at least be six you know what I mean he was he was a much younger than I expected to be hanging out with and I celebrated JBL when his music hit um, sure did I I don't want there to be Sister Abigail and oh that's why that's how we got on this subject is uh, Mrs. Matthews also talked about the domestic violence that seems to plague WWE. I don't know how much of a plague it is, but certainly, you know. Not anymore. No, certainly there have been some very public incidences of it. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I don't want there to be a Sister Abigail. If If there is one, I guess she can wrestle. Uh I don't want it to be anyone currently under WWE contract. I don't want them to try to repackage Paige or anyone else as Sister Abigail. She hasn't been around for a while. All right, I'd watch that. I sure would. (laughs) If she kept, I sure would. (laughs) If she kept the bright red hair, but just started wearing like really ratty clothes. Have you seen um, the last few episodes of Camp WWE? Uh, I believe I've seen all but the last one, because aren't there only five? Yes, there are only five. The last one's really good. I only brought it up because uh, Bray Wyatt makes an appearance. Oh, man. Nice. As a a character. No, the last one I saw was the one where they were out. Paige played a significant role, which I thought was odd, uh, because she's never on WWE television. Uh, And Jake Roberts had a cameo, which I enjoyed. That was the third episode. So, I don't know. Did you see the fourth one? Where uh, Triple H takes Vince out on a date. Oh, is that the fourth one? Then I did see that one too. Yeah. Okay, I like that one. That one, I, that one was real good. I I hope they continue this show, and I hope that it has more of these cameos because that Jake Roberts cameo was fantastic. I enjoyed. Where that. is Papa Shango? Where is know. my Papa Shango in Camp WWE? All right. 
He should be Sister Abigail. <laughs> there you go. All right. Oh, don't read Chris Hawks because once oh, again, I'm reading no, it. Once again, I'm reading. I am, I am once again reading it. I'm going to read his subject line as well. Chris, why do you hate me, Chris? Doc Manson is the greatest podcaster ever. And why did he decide to put your last name in all capital letters? Um, maybe last time he wrote my Mansoon or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Doc Mansoon. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think that AJ Styles' alignment at the club is just a temporary angle, or is it here to stay? It's here until he feuds with Finn Balor over leadership of the club. Um, everything in wrestling is temporary. Well, way to get philosophical about it. Everything is temporary. All right. It's here for now. As you said. Well, there you go. Take that, Chris. Doc Manson just answered your question. And- but all I'm going to say is, we've all been talking about how AJ Styles and Finn Balor were going to come into immediate conflict with one another. All I know is, Anderson and Gallows picked a fight with the New Day, who has three members. AJ Styles picked a fight with John Cena. That's, put them all together, four versus three. So that means the club is looking to gain another aligned member in the near-term future. And as we know, it's looking like Finn Balor's last match is at TakeOver this week. Just saying, there might be an alignment before there is a feud over the... Well, and I think that's... I do believe it is temporary, and I think you're totally right. Finn Balor could join them, and eventually, just like in most stables, there becomes a feud over leadership. We saw it with Farouk versus The Rock. Now we're going to see it with AJ Styles versus, potentially, Finn Balor. So, but a very good email, Chris. C underscore Hawk1994. I don't know why I continue to credit your Twitter handle when you like Doc more than me. But, uh, ah, here we go. It's me. It's me. It's P A V. I enjoyed. How you doing? I enjoyed the fact that we just found him on Twitter like a week ago. He's been sending yeah. us emails for weeks, and I just found him on Twitter. I don't know if I found him on Twitter. He's at the P underscore A underscore V. You'll find him later. Oh. How you doing? I'm good. My realist guys and DDP faction fantasy aside, there's been a lot of talk about the SmackDown Fist and individual red-slash-blue ropes returning due to the brand split. Although I don't think the budget is there to devote an entire truck to a fist like last time, not to mention the manpower of setting up the mirrors. I wanted to know, what's your opinion on the importance of the aesthetic aspect of a show to your general wrestling viewing experience? I think individual sets of ropes can go a long way to differentiate the brands, but if the booking isn't great, then is the look of the show really important? We've seen what the Temple has done for Lucha Underground, which I know is a hit in the Manson Mansion, from my Twitter feed, the P A V, the P underscore A underscore V. I, what do you think, DC? I think aesthetics matter a great deal. Um, the color of the ropes and the referees' shirts have very little to do with said aesthetic. I don't. I think. I don't think the ropes matter at all. Well. I think they think it matters. Because, I mean, just look at NXT. Everything is different. Maybe not the rest. We better get a yellow cage. We better get a yellow cage. Yeah, it'll probably just be black. <sighs> but, yeah. I want it to be um, old school blue cage from the 80s, but yellow. I think there probably is a budget to devote an entire truck to a fist like last time. 
because they're going to have to send trucks to different sides of the country simultaneously. Mm -hmm. As long as they're sending a truck, they can send whatever set they want to send. Mm -hmm. send. Um, so I don't know if they will bring out the fist, but I do think SmackDown will have a unique visual identity that makes it look different than Raw at a glance. I, just like I hope that is the case. And I hope they can, you know, and again, it's a budgetary thing. They've not been doing that with pay-per-views, unless it's TLC where they put tables and ladders out. You know, these sets, if you go back and watch... It used to be much more elaborate. There were, there were serious sets put in for these pay-per-views. Now... You know, even the WrestleMania set, it's just we have a really big stage, like a really big stage. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, you're not wrong about that. So I would, I do I would think like to see the colors, something. the ropes. They have to send a ring. They have to sell rope. They mm -hmm. have to send ropes. Having them be a different color is minimum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, it's, that, and, and again, and, it goes, and a, like you said, they're going to go back to the, the formula that quote unquote worked for them last time. But just seeing, you know, I remember watching when I did occasionally watch her, I would read about it and you'd see guys with red raw shirts fighting guys with blue SmackDown shirts. I don't need to see any of that. I would rather see it be more subtle in the lighting, in the, the look of the stage. You know, if we're going to see SmackDown be more like NXT with more NXT guys being drafted, I'd like to see it look a little more intimate than than Raw does. Raw can be the spectacle show, and SmackDown can be a little more uh, intimate. But I, I do not want to see refs with blue shirts. That always looked ridiculous. Well, and yeah, and then the guys on Raw, I think, just kept the same. Yeah, ref out. Yeah, it, it just never made any sense. To refs me. should just look like refs. They should. Refs should blend in. And yeah. it's the fact that I'm trying to think about what referees wear now, and I think it's the black and white stripes, but I don't know. And that said, if the booking isn't good, is the look of the show really important? The aesthetics always matter to a point, I think. But at the same time, I'm not really judging the show based off of those mm -hmm. sets. When, the booking does matter. and maybe, It trumps all. Yes. But I think there needs to be, you know, you want to talk about the way to make this brand extension work. You need to do everything you can on all levels, booking, writing, live television aesthetics to make these seem like different shows. I should Agreed. watch SmackDown because it offers me something else from Raw except f you know, besides the whole idea of different rosters. Can you clarify for me what he means in the last line? We've seen what the Temple has done for Lucha Underground. Is that a I don't understand. Is that positive or negative? I believe, it's, like, is I he, believe is it he, is positive. And and you watch Lucha Underground, and it is different than any other wrestling you've ever seen in your life. But I will say, though, that, I mean, aesthetically, there's nothing to it. It's clearly low rent. Um, it's a small arena. They It has a unique look, but, like, it's not elaborate in any way. Which is by design. Okay. It's supposed to look like if you watch season one, Dario Cueto, essentially, this is an underground fighting ring that just so happens to be on television. That's why the lock. In which they just so happen to have a giant billboard on top of the building advertising its presence. Well, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that's it, how you keep things secret. Doesn't yeah, everybody? Uh-huh. Got it. They subscribe to the Batman philosophy. 
Indeed. <laughs> um, but anyways. Uh, oh, this dog is a sack of potatoes. <laughs> He's loopy. Thank you for the emails. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. I said DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Um, promote some positivity for me, sir. I bet you're going to talk Before about... Before I okay. do that, sure. I have a couple more things to read. Ah, yes. iTunes. Yes, indeed. Two more reviews rolling in yes. this week. The first one, DDT Wrestling and Beyond, a five-star review. DC Matthews and Doc Manson are two longtime friends. I'd like to correct you right there. Uh, I believe the correct term is frenemies. Uh, who have a podcast about wrestling. They have such great chemistry together that their conversations are just so easy to listen to. They also talk about other things. Hence and beyond in the title of this review. From movies to pumpkin. They talk about everything. It's a very easy listen and will get a lot of laughs. Definitely worth listening to. Chip. I, Thanks, Chippy Chip. I knew that was going to be Chip. Just the way it was written, it sounded like Chip. I love you, Chip. And the next one, a standout in a crowded world of wrestling podcasts. A five-star review <laughs> by Thrillhouse90. Yeah, Thrillhouse. I listen to many wrestling podcasts, and this show is always a must-listen. DC and Doc do a wonderful job of giving insight without sounding snarky or above the listener. I always thoroughly enjoy. Excellent. So that brings us up to nine. Nine. I think we have we to. We only get, have forty-one I was more to say. Go. We have to get to fifty. Hey, I'm not throwing shade. I want everyone to know I am not throwing shade. But last time I checked, NAI Pod only had thirteen. Oh, okay. Well, we're um, not really catching up. We've gone from zero to nine in. I have a feeling we're about to have a drought. No, we're going to keep demanding it. I challenge you, neighborhood. Rant with Ant. If you're a Rant with Ant listener who decided to check us out, if you're a Matt McCool listener who decided to check us out, you enjoy what you hear, you've listened to some of the old stuff, head on over to iTunes, uh, give us a rating, five stars would be preferable, and uh, write us a note. But be, feel free to be honest. Five stars would be preferable. Uh <laughs> Write us a review. Talk about how much you love Nerd DC. Nerd DC's taking a well-deserved Nobody break. loves Nerd DC. That's a lie, and you know it. Uh, I wish nobody loved Nerd DC. How about that? All right. Uh, you got to promote some positivity, though, because for even for you, this was a fairly negative show. You took issue with a lot of things that people are enjoying in the world of wrestling, which is your right, and I will defend to the death your right to feel that way. But give me something positive in the world of professional wrestling right now. Um, I mean, I feel like I have to choose something positive about WWE because that's what I was negative about. But I mean, honestly, the real answer is Lucha Underground this week. was. You phenomenal. can continue to be positive about Lucha Underground. I don't think that's a problem. But at the same time, you know, I will go back to this. Although I do disagree with the message they're sending, man, the execution on AJ Styles joining fully with the club and turning on John Cena was the type of surprise and execution 
that I want to see on wrestling on a weekly basis. So, although I disagree with what the story that they've told because of what came immediately before it, um, what we saw this week really was excellent. I could not agree with you more. I, like I said, one of the standout Raw segments, perhaps of all time, story notwithstanding. Uh, I will go ahead and say, I've talked about the WWE Network before. I'll pick something recent. Oh, okay. I, I enjoy what's happening with Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I don't care what, uh, the end game is. These are two talents who are doing nothing and they are being featured. And in the world of a brand split, if they're going to do two separate tag team champions, which they probably will, uh, these guys have a real shot of winning tag team gold in 2016. Uh, side note, uh, you don't know this yet, but one of your least favorite tag teams in NXT is no longer a tag team. Blake and Murphy? Blake and Murphy have split up. That's amazing that I knew exactly who you were well, talking Well, because about. there's not that many tag teams in NXT, and most of them we like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fair enough. But uh, Buddy Murphy had a singles match against the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, and Ty Dillinger picked up a very needed win. Mm, so, okay. which is good because more than likely he will lose to this new guy at Takeover. Here's a question for you. I know we're wrapping up the show, but this Blake and Murphy did everything they really could do in NXT. They held those belts. They had a really long reign. Uh, you know they've quote unquote developed their characters I suppose to the extent that they were going to develop them to the point that they broke up their tag team and are now doing something else are these guys ever going to get called up to the main roster or are these guys destined for NXT forever based on what I've because isn't that's what developmental is so isn't that they're supposed to develop to a point that they can get called up so what has happened is Wesley Blake got injured which I believe is really the reason. And Wesley Blake oh, okay. Wesley Blake is the one with the Triple H hair. Is his name really Wesley? Yes. Wesley Blake. Wesley, Wesley Blake. Blake and Buddy Murphy. Buddy. Huh. You know, there was a gimmick there with Wesley and Buddy they could have pulled off that I'm kind of glad they didn't do, but it was there. If they wanted to huh. pull off a Billy and Chuck kind of thing. Um, mm. But uh, so I think, you know, I think I... At the end of 2014, I wrote a column where I predicted five standout stars from NXT, and Buddy Murphy made my list. I actually like him as an in-ring performer. Um, I think he's got an intriguing look. He completely stunk as part of Blake and Murphy, which we talked about many, many times. Uh, but the fact that he's going to get some sort of singles push, I think we could see him in WWE someday. Uh, but I'm not holding my breath. Fair so. enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been DDT Wrestling, a proud member of the NAI Network. I encourage you, if you have not already done so, to subscribe to the NAI Network. Uh, take a listen, as I said, to Rant with Ant. I enjoyed it very much. I am sure I will enjoy Matt McCool's podcast tomorrow as well. I will well. cue them up. I will cue both of those up for the next time I mow my lawn. Excellent. I am glad to hear it. All right. 
Uh, we are DDT Wrestling, joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. You can find him on Twitter, on Instagram, any other social media. Have you joined Snapchat yet? I don't even know what I would snap. Does Doc Manson have a Facebook page? No. Okay. Should he? DC Matthews has a Facebook page. Does he really? He does. Huh. Although I, I don't use it anymore, but I do. Uh, I was using it to talk to the New Age Insiders, but now we do it through other means. Um, so, yeah. I, I really need to come up with a better way to end this show. I really do. Da, 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 da. Uh, please find us at uh, ddtpod.com, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Doc Manson and Oscar, who is sound asleep. Anything you would like to say before we head out into that good night? Um, dancing iguanas. Everybody loves Magical Trevor. The things that he does are ever so clever. Look at him now, disappearing a cow. That was a good night. That we, we had some nostalgia there, going back and finding some of those videos. Where there be lions, only in Kenya. Only in Kenya. Potter. Good night, neighbor. Potter, 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 Potter. Weasley, Weasley. Snape.